All right, all right, all right. Listen up and listen good. This is Schmitty with the podcast Talking Schmidt. Last week we had Evan Smith. I'm Greg Smith, and today on the show is Freddie Smith, the third. But before we get started, let's pump up the holiday cheer with a new holiday jam from the Trujillos. Bad Shit's latest Christmas song. This is a Donner Party Christmas. If you like that shit, check out the bad shit page at Bandcamp. I will put a link below in the text. Hey, it's winter time, and that means hunkering down in the cold and watching some TV documentaries, movies, whatever. What are you guys watching? You know, what's some of the good shit you're checking out? Email me. Come on. I'd love to hear from you. You guys hear from me every fucking week. The least you could do is uh, let me hear from you once in a while. Huh? Talking Schmidt at gmail.com. Also, big shout out to Eric at Classic Skate Shop. Shout out, dude. Thank you so much. You know for what. And I appreciate you big time. That was insane. As wait, what's Honeybee barking about? Are the rumors true? of a few Eastern exposure legends getting together to drop a new company. She says it's going to be called underachievers. Only time will tell, I guess. Hey, McKenny is all revved up. The potty awards will be recorded next week. As this podcast right here is the last podcast interview episode of the year. And then we will record the potty awards. And then I will be taking my annual hiatus. Uh, the good bros at Blood Wizard are giving away a complete skateboard. So uh, you're going to want to probably, well, no, JV CEO over there at the Tickety Tack World. He said, uh, let's try it on the old Instagram. So 
make a post on Instagram, hashtag it, hashtag talking blood wizard. That's hashtag talking blood wizard on your next post. And that's all you got to do to enter. Obviously, your photo or video will weigh in heavily. So get after it. Check. I remember when the Alva boards came out with those fucking new tails and they had kind of like that tri concave in them. And me and my bros that were skating in the peninsula, we all gravitated towards them. We bought them pretty much for years. That was the standard. Um, this board can ollie higher than any other board. Cooksey, Gibson, Radigy, definitely our next guest for sure. I can't overstate how stoked I am to bring you this interview. Uh, consider it an early Christmas present. Freddie Smith, the third time's the charm. Let's go. Happy holidays, y'all. This is Fred Smith, the third, a.k.a. the loud one, original from Dighton, Mass., East Coast, Mass Hole, and um, talking Schmidt. It's cool, like tonight is the night. Here we go again. Just give it the old cars turn, isn't it? Our big dog's in. Schmitty. 96 times, Schmitty. Thanks, Schmitty. We on? Schmitty. Talking Schmidt. That's called going to the hospital, bitch. I'd be shitting my pants. Hey, Rolodex is fucking deep. It's about the one, the one, the one. Who is this guy who thinks he's tough shit? What's up? We're tastemakers. Come on, Schmitty, what the fuck? Let's hear it for Greg Smith. Yeah! All right, kids, it's about to get fucking loud. Sit back and get ready for a treat. I'm honored to bring you Freddie Smith the third, and we're about to talk some Smith. Here we go. How you doing? I forgot to do my hair. <laughs> How you been? I've been doing good, man. I'm just fucking trying to fucking get out of this depression, dark zone that's been the last year or two. But uh, things are getting better, I think. I hope. Yeah, you know, uh, it's uh. It's just called weeding the herd. You know what I mean? It happens every now and then. And this probably ain't even the good one that we'll see, you know, at least it ain't like the old days when we're as soon as you're born, you're taken out behind the barn, you know, now at least they give you a little chance. All the snowflakes <laughs> around this year, these times, you know? Yeah. I just got married like uh, two, almost three months ago. Holy mackerel, man. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> that's, that's what Gibson said the exact same thing. <laughs> I'm kidding aside, man. Um, no, I had 28 years of greatness. Ah. And, um, you know, through my own addiction and uh, self-abuse. And, and um, you know, you, uh, you hurt the ones you love, you know, and uh, that's a terrible thing. And I, I didn't seem to fight that, get that back, but my children are great, lovely, and uh, in my life still. Fuck yeah, that's rad. And I don't know, yeah, I mean, most people know that, that was Duncan's old girlfriend. Oh, really? No, my I wife. Didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, Duncan, they years and years and years. Wow. He dumped Damn. me off on her couch today uh, on a road trip, and uh that was the beginning of it, but it wasn't the beginning of it. It's it's a long story. I don't know if we have time for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. This is going to be great. I love, I love, you know, it's just like being in the bar. You know, I'm sober now, but it's like being in the bar talking about the old stories 
but you don't need the you know the coke and the fucking weed and the and the beer, <laughs> man. It's like it, you know, it's all it's real this time, you know. Yeah, you'll remember it. You'll remember it. Not bragging. We're just documenting now. Fuck. <laughs> Where are you located right now? Uh, right now I'm right outside of Providence, I Rhode was Island, in, uh, Newport, Rhode Island for a long time. Nice little island. I had a house down there. You know the three kids and the. You know, uh, it was really, really nice. Good place to raise the kids, you know. Right. I'm uh, I'm in West Warwick right now. It's just outside Providence. Okay. And you're originally where are you from? Where'd you where where were you born? In Mass, Dighton, right? Dighton, Massachusetts. It's like it's pretty much in the central between uh, Boston, Providence, and uh, Newport, which is our good beach to go to. You know. Uh and where that's all the, where all the Richies go. That's where you uh found skateboarding and stuff is that where you got your first board in that town uh, not my first board my first surfboard i got off sid ah I told you that story yeah sid's so sick i was a little grommet man went in there i didn't know nothing sid you know sid has been one of my mentors man and you know and uh not always in a good way obviously <laughs> but um in a way in a way <laughs> and I thank him, and uh, he, I'm glad to call him my friend. Pizza wheels greased. What was it like truly being a third? Like you were not a junior, you were the third. So you had your dad and your grandpa, same name, right? Right, right, right. I never met any of my grandfathers. They were long dead before I was born. Uh, okay. My dad died when I was 15, so I've been bringing the name on, you know, and um, I don't know if I could say that i did it justice but i'm definitely uh put it on the books more than them <laughs> <laughs> so what age did it all get going like how what what how old were you when you got your first board got the bug you started surfing first yeah no we were skateboarding first actually we were bicycles man bmx ah okay that was just we lived in the country and uh we grew up on bicycles, you know, we were, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't, you know, weren't those people that it was an old uh, textile mill shut down mill town, you know, we had the baseball field down the street and everybody's into sports, but uh, that wasn't me and my boys. We were the loud ones. We were, there was five of us ah. and, we're still, and we're still great friends today. How so did we know X because it was like, free get on our bike do whatever we wanted you know we go to the the dump get a bunch of junk bikes and that's how uh, i'm a mechanic and a welder also and that was a good start on my trek towards that because we used to just build bikes ah. just take all the old parts girls bikes we didn't care man until we broke them we'd put something else together man as long as it was rolling you know uh-huh when did you start skating uh got a um i, I can't even i think it was uh Around 12-ish. 12-ish. Um, Kmart, plastic board, open bearings. Oh, love that thing. That was like the, you know, as they say, the best thing since sliced bread in my world. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then we learned there was like this little entryway to a factory across the street from my house. And there was like this little granite round curb, like an entrance to uh, a driveway that went down. And it was a nice, it was a hill, a long hill about. 200 yards into a giant parking lot with a river at the end. And it was just beautiful. We could skate in the parking lot. They had skatable curbs. 
in that little granite curve that was like a half round, you know, those ones with like a banked embankment. Yep. So it was like so smooth. You could just roll up even with those trucks that were like this wide <laughs> and catch grinds. And we did that all day long, like in a circle, just wow. And, uh, and just that noise, man. I mean, that was like crack. We were hooked. Uh-huh. <laughs> they always say the first one's free, but watch out for the next million. <laughs> <laughs> what was the crew like? How, how many people were in your crew? Was it a small crew? or uh, Me and four others. Okay. It was me, Jeff Thompson, my best friend growing up. Paul Murray, uh, which moved down to Virginia after we got out of school. And uh, John Borello and Matt Murphy. And uh, we were known as the loud ones. That early? In high school. Yeah. Not that early. It was high school they named us. Uh, Because we go to parties and just destroy it. So we were known as the loud ones. And then (laughs) everybody would say, we're having a party, but don't tell the loud ones. (laughs) We had our inside moles. Oh man, what do you remember? That would turn us on because they like seeing the damage, man. You know, the it was great. Describe one of these parties that where you guys went, Richter. Like, what was one of the like, what's a common where you guys uh, kicking this, fucking washers and dryers, throwing broken bottles, or what was going on? Oh, uh, that's all little that's kid stuff. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, yeah. all right. So, we go to this one. His name, I think, is I mean, I even remember the name of this joker, right? Yeah. Roof- Carrier lived like right up the street, right down from where we went to school. Big ass front yard. So we pull up, and Murray has a had a Challenger, seventy one Challenger, a three speed, a four, a three or four speed. I can't remember. It was a Stone Crusher, three eighteen. Thing was a beast, stock. But man, still, even though those hot rods stock are are beasts. So we go in there, and he just starts doing donuts in the front lawn. I mean, like one, two, three fish tails out, crashes into the front steps and just puts it in park. And he's like, we're here. Leaves the thing crashed into the stairs. <laughs> so we go in <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we just take, you know, we start drinking all the booze or whatever with girls around. Da, da, da. We start, we put on some punk rock. We start slam dancing in the living room, jumping off the staircases, smashing stuff. And Murray decides it's a, th- a good idea to take the pictures off the wall in the living room. And I mean, this brown, this, this, this party had brownies laid out. <laughs> he takes the brownies and smears big Nazi signs on the walls, on the wallpaper. Fuck. I mean, that's, that's typical right there. Cooked all the food in the fridge, threw everything in the oven, blasted that. And then, of course, we hear the cop sirens coming. And it, it was out in the country, so we could hear them coming 10 miles away. We said, time to go, boys. We get in the car and we drove off the other way. So it was like we were always one step ahead of them, you know. <laughs> Bad behavior from the start. Why were the swastikas so popular back then? Like just skate Nazis. Yeah, where did it come from? It had nothing to do with nothing. <laughs> it was just a cool ass design. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's interesting because no, it was man. all. We now knew it's, it's taboo for sure. Oh, for sure, man. And I, and I agree. You know, I mean, we we didn't know, you know, the extent of the Holocaust and all that stuff. Right. Just ignorant punk kids going crazy, right? Exactly. Who paid attention in history class? Come on. 
Did you uh, glasses, dear? Did you? <laughs> hey, I hit 40 and I got the glasses like the first month. <laughs> That's all these are cheaters, man. I can't, I can't read a fucking menu for to save my life. How, when did you um, meet the package? I'm not claiming. I was about 14. And uh, my mom took me down there and she was like, oh, it's your birthday. We're going to get you a surfboard. Or I don't know if I pushed or she pushed. I, I can't remember. Uh. Down there. And I believe it was just a random coincidence of fate that I walked into that shop. And he said, this is the board you need, kid. And I'm, and he'd always tell me later, he goes, dude, you walked in. I knew. I knew you had it. And I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> but he obviously did. Okay. And now was that your first like legit board? Yeah, it was a Hulk twin fin six four. It was oh, a nice okay. board. It was swallowtail too. The only problem with those man, those points, and they ding up real easy because we were the only place that had good waves were rocky points, you know. Where was where were you surfing? Was it in Rhode Island? Yeah, yeah, mostly Little Compton. Uh, this place called uh, Warren's Point. I was there. It's all built up with condos now. It's hard as hell to get out there. <laughs> Is there like out here, there's the, um, you know, like basically territorial shit where people vibe you if you're not a local and stuff. Is it the same back east? It wasn't back then, but it is, sure is now because you got all the kooks from Connecticut and uh, New York that go to school here. Ah. The locals, they just they see it as barging because, you know, they will drop in on the local and they don't know any better. Right. I mean, uh, I don't know if it's just their ignorance, like you said, or young ignorant or uh, or just pompous assholes. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, I, I you never wanted to be the guy that said back in my day, that was always my shit. Like I never wanted to grow old and say, well, you know, back in my day, but we did. You had to pay dues to go through. And that's I think the mentality is like, you can't just show up here and ride great waves out of nowhere. You got paid dues. Like, that's what it seems like to me. Well, you, that's what uh, kind of turned me off on surfing. It's almost like when you ride, like when we used to be on have a, a session on the ramps, you know, we, we always enjoyed the large ramps, you know, the vert. Right. Now uh, you get 20 or 30 kids on the, uh, on the platform and um it, it's not like the same situation where kooks aren't going to drop in because they don't get a chance they can't they don't know how to snake right you know, surfing there's really not really snaking because you can just be in the be in the way little timmy might go in there and drown be in the way yeah <laughs> it's fucking well, dangerous right. that, like snowboarding i never really dug snowboarding and i mean it's sick but you're strapped in man that's cheating yeah, it's also like a hundred dollar day minimum. Exactly, and if a grandmother and a small child can be really good at it, man, there's something wrong <laughs> on their first day. On their first day, <laughs> <laughs> and if not, we'll give you lessons. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, How did you start skating vert? How that like? Was there a local vert ramp that like somebody brought you to? No, 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 no. It was just the uh, natural old school skate progression, man. We had a small ramp, added on another piece, added on another piece. You know what I mean? That old one. Geek, 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 geek. Okay. I got a wheeler. Let's make it higher. Yeah, that, that was the wheeler. Went there. And then uh, eventually there was a skate park about 20, 30 minutes away. And we used to get our parents to take us there. It was cement. Kinky is all hell. 
but mm. fun. What was that one called? Do you remember? Uh, centrifugal force. Centrifugal force. Seekonk. Seekonk mass. Mm-hmm. Long, uh, long, been gone for decades, but it it went down, and we still got to skate it because it, they just put a fence around it, and a fence to a skater is like, I don't know, putting a stop sign for a driver. I yeah, I don't know, you know, not much. You're right. It is. Uh, how did you end up getting sponsored? Um, doing road trips. Road trips. Dedicated, you know. I mean. And uh, I told you I was a recovering alcoholic and addict, and uh, I was just a very addictive personality. And that's what made me so good at, at – I'm not saying I was good. Let me rephrase that. I wasn't that good. <laughs> I was dedicated to uh-huh. skating in an addictive way. And if you if you do something long enough, um, determination, perseverance – and repetition mostly is you can get good at anything. I found mm-hmm. if you know what you want, you can get it. You just oh, gotta know what you want the whole time, man. Right. And you might have to suffer a little and pay the, it's like you said, pay, you gotta pay, pay to play. So were you just like, uh, traveling around skating different places and then you run into somebody or was there contests and, and somebody started flowing you? How was your first sponsor? I believe it was Sid. Okay. Yeah. Water Brothers. Yep. We had a crew. My crew, loud ones. We all skated. Then we started branch. You know, we got licenses. We'd go to like we'd find ramps here and there and there. And I tell you what uh, helped us a lot was like fanzines, local fanzines that we pick up at the surf shops, skate shops. Then we'd find out about the guys in Worcester or the guys in Boston or da da da, and that connected us with a lot of us. Uh, uh, and long-term friends, man, like Twister. He's out in uh, San Diego. He built. He's a ramp builder. You know, he was one of the uh, the original friend of ours from Worcester that we do hook up with all the time, go riding. You know, and uh, it, it was that like connection that was so great. You know, like a a family of sorts. Ah, uh, were you aware of the mag right away, like Thrasher and uh, Skateboard Mag and stuff? Oh, yeah. The Bibles. <laughs> who are some of the guys that like who, you were stoked on were, that you'd see in the mag? Like what dudes were firing you up? Pineapple, Salva, Martinez, Jay Smith, mm. you know, a handful. But and uh, even like Caballero, you know, I mean, he was like so much ahead of us, you know what I mean? And even so because he was so young when he started, mm-hmm. I, I think he might be older than me. I'm not sure, but probably not by much. Right. Sid had like some footage of him at the Winchester Bowl that he shot like in 16 millimeter or something like when he was a little kid. So fucking cool. Wow. Rad to have that shit. I don't have any footage of me like that. <laughs> Did you meet Jake through the zines, like through the different scenes? Uh, <clears throat> no, he uh, I believe I met him uh, when I built a ramp in my yard. Ah, and him and gluehead, shout out, and skunky and punky, and yeah, everybody had a nickname, you know. Except yep. like our crew, everybody had a nickname but me. I didn't have one. I never did. <laughs> they weren't calling him Thumbhead back then. Nah. <laughs> He's like, look at Felper Thumbhead. Felper the Thumbhead was doing it. I came after, but no, uh, it was weird because yeah, 
And he was always a dick, that's for sure. Obviously, you've never lived in this body. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed his company, and for some reason, he was such a dick. But he was always really nice to me, and I could never figure out if he was just being a sarcastic or he really did like me. I never got the straight truth on that one. <laughs> I got on, I got on video him telling me he loves me, so I, I held on to that one. I'm gonna tripe this for you because I love you. <laughs> I love you. Okay, you you built a vert ramp in your backyard. Was that the skate? Uh, no, 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 no. That no. was later. Day after. Okay. Nope. I, in my yard, I had um. We um remember that skate park I told you about, Centrifugal Forest. Right. We had a, a U pipe on a trailer, no flat bottom, eight feet high, no vert. So I bought that off of somebody, got it off the park, and then I bought that off him for a couple hundred bucks, trailered it to my house, took it off the trailer, sold the trailer for two hundred bucks. So I saw Eddie in the clear. <laughs> so then we uh we split it apart. Put eight feet of flat, made it four feet wider. Yeah, 16 foot wide, added a, vert, uh, a foot of vert, pool coping, in a three foot channel, and it's 16 foot wide. <laughs> <laughs> so it was basically two to tombstones with a channel. Yeah. Uh, it was so, it was great. It was so much fun. I learned a lot on that. And, uh, and we stole all the wood for it. We'd get a truck and go up to a brand new house construction place, fill it up at night. We'd make two, two or three trips in one night. And I can't believe people are so dumb. They wouldn't know what's going on. Construction <laughs> site with all this wood missing and a brand new lamp being built down the street. You know, yeah. two and two together, please. <laughs> You just influenced somebody. All our wood's gone, but there's a new ramp down the street. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were we weren't too smart to like go too far away. We would we would get the wood like in our own zone. It's like mm. so the closer like, the better. We thought, you know, the less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, where you got? What was your early stuff? More frontside or backside? What was easier for you? Obviously, the backside's easier, but. Definitely tried to do both because, oh. yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if you look at anybody that was anything, man, it was they were doing both. Uh huh. And to just just do something that's easy, that was never in my wheelhouse either. Just do do the easy thing. I wanted to do the exact opposite. I wanted to do the hard part. <laughs> that's what that's the fun. Once you get that thing that was so hard, and you actually do it, it's like yeah. yeah. And then it makes, then it's easy. It's, you know, it's just breaking that, the barrier, you know, and once you got it, you got it. And we're in the ramp that I had, we'd always, we'd have a, uh, we had a code called the Dighton rules where if you landed a trick, that didn't matter. You had to do it three times consecutively to own it. Ah. <laughs> to claim it on your resume. That's <laughs> Hey, I did this. No, you got to yeah. do it two more times. Uh, yeah. And don't worry, you were called out on it. No problem. How did you get hooked up with Alva? That was one of those road trips. Yeah. We were, um, there was three or four of us loaded up in my Datsun B210. <laughs> that was a hell of a road trip. I think Murph was with us. We picked him up in Jersey. We got, uh, the car broke down somewhere in Delaware. I, I think it was like exit 11, actually. Alternator went out. 
but I was a mechanic before I was, well, while I was just sporting was a hobby for me. I mean, uh, skating was a hobby for me. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, oh, the alternator went out. So we stopped over the rest area and I'm like, shoot. So we asked questions, asked questions. Where's the junkyard? Well, it's down here, exit, blah, 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 down the road. So we get a jump in the middle of the night, drive to this place. I mean, the battery was stone dead because it wasn't charging. So no lights. Hard to keep it running because it wasn't charging. So we can make it there. And uh, we sleep there. It's dark. Wait for the place to open. But as soon as the lights, as soon as the sun came up, there was a freaking abandoned skate park right in front of us. Oh, no way. I mean, what are the odds? Yeah. Where we were parked. And right next door was the junkyard. So what do the stupid kids do? We skate first. Of course. What would a real skater do? Absolutely. (laughs) Damn, that's in Delaware somewhere. Somewhere. I couldn't tell you the name of that place. All I know, it was a big spray painted thing on one of the half filled snake runs that said Rat Patrol. And I'm pretty sure that wasn't the name of the park. (laughs) (laughs) So, what was that trip? Where else did you guys go once the car got fixed? Stopped in PA. We saw. K.O., you know K.O.? K.O. Lenhor? Mm-mm. No, he worked for, uh, he's in the business. Okay. Worked for Tracker for a long time, and uh, I'm not sure who he works for right now. I should know. And, like, Dan Brown, I think we see in there, and Ray Young. I don't know if you know any of those guys. Yeah, Brown for sure. Brown, same area. I think it was, like, Harrisburg or Youngstown, somewhere around. I think it was Harrisburg. Okay. And he out in the country, we skated his ramp, and we actually tried to get him to go, but he had to work. And we're like, just take work off, man. No, uh, no, can't do it. Mr. He was a good guy. And he texted me the other day. He goes, man, if I took off work, I might have got on album too. Oh, damn. I said, I don't know about that, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah, then we were on our way to Arkansas. There was a contest down there at. Um, uh, Page uh, Payne's house. Can't remember his full name. It was in. Uh, Is that Little Rock? Little Rock. Yes. I want to say Page. I, I I can't remember, but it was a uh, it was a big pro contest, pro am. Okay. And uh, we were there causing trouble like always, and shooting fireworks at those guys skating, and uh, yeah, like total moronic stuff. Fighting, drinking, and partying. Yeah, it was not the skateboard way, but it was our skateboard way, which I'm not saying was right. It was just what it was. Right. And uh, we T.A. happened to be there, and he's like, yeah, I like you, kid. <laughs> and uh, we hit it off, and that was it. Ah, oh, sick. So he started flowing you boards and stuff. Took me out to California, and uh, about within a year, I had my board out. Was that true that the your first board, you weren't even pro? Uh, none of them. I never turned pro. Oh, but, <laughs> but but they gave you a board. Why can't they? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I tell them, tell, tell them the skateboard police to come get me. <laughs> it never happened. <laughs> but I tell you who came and got me, my bank account. Y'all can do the math. So the fuck load of boards. Yeah, they were. You were selling those boards. Were selling more than a lot of the pros boards. Yeah, I did good. Was that one of the first boards that had the longer nose? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and I ripped off Neil Blender. I love Neil Blender, man. Uh, I love that, Borden. I love Neil. He's an awesome dude. I've, I did some uh, some touring with him a little bit, some unscripted touring, I would say. <laughs> Neil's so cool. Yeah, he's so fuck. Package was telling me about to tell you to ask you to tell the story where you guys were buying a VCR in an alleyway by a liquor store. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah, the skate park. I had the skate park there. It was in Onlyville, real squirrely part of Providence outside. And it was like back in the day, it was much more squirrely than it is now. It's, now you got all those hipsters moving in and cleaning up, cleaning it up. I guess that's everywhere. Uh-huh. Jeff- Asian, is that what they call it? Yeah. It's gross. It's happening here, too. Uh, yeah. Just driving all the all the kids out that can't afford anything, you know? And where do they go then? That's the question. So, yeah, we had a nice smart session, and uh, we might have had a few beers during the session, but we needed to go get some. And there was a liquor store around the corner. A little bit too far to walk. So we drove somebody, I think it might have been Sid's van. I don't even know. We got in, we go around the corner. It was dark and it's dingy. And this black dude goes, he gives it the old, psst, psst. hey. I'm like, yeah, what do you want? You know, I was always looking for trouble. I didn't care what he wanted. I was, in, I was into it. Yeah. Got a VCR for sale. <laughs> and those guys already walked around into the beer store, you know? So I'm like, all right, what do you got? You know, I was I was I was hook, line, and sinker on that thing. VCR <laughs> man, brand new in the package. So I check it out. It looked legit, man. And he goes, 60 bucks. I said, 60 bucks? There ain't no way. <laughs> 20 bucks. He goes, Man, I can't do that. So then we haggled a little bit. I think I got it for 25 bucks. And um and we were, I was stoked, man. I was like, man, the shop needs a new VCR. We got one. We're sick. Oh, we're so happy. Get the beer, crack one in the band. We're driving back, laughing, having a good old time. We get back. I'm like, man, let's bust that VCR out. <laughs> I pull the, I pull the trash bag, the black trash bag that was made for the cover, rip that off, check the remote control was actually taped to the outside, and it was a piece of cardboard taped in a square with an ad from a newspaper of a VCR glued on the top of it. It looked exactly like a, a, a remote control. But have you ever seen one on the outside of a box? <laughs> it was such a piece of artwork. It was worth $25 all day long. I opened it up. It was a bunch of newspapers. Uh, it was a full pro package job. He spent at least I, – I, I didn't get ripped off, man. That story was worth 25 bucks all day long. We're living in a catfish age, homeboy. Yeah. <laughs> so how does the skate hut begin? What, what What is it and how did it get going? Like it, it was in, uh, where was it? Providence. In Providence. It was out. It was in a, a place called Onlyville. It's like a little outshoot, a little west of Providence. It's like, like I said, it was the, the old mill areas where it's, undesirable and uh, run down. Right. And we got this huge place. It used to be a, uh, I believe it was for uh, repairing trolley cars. So the, the ceiling was like 50 feet and it was maybe 5,000 square, nice. uh, all brick church style windows with all these old school lamps that hung over real, real ornate, real nice. 
besides most of the, a lot of the windows were busted out that we never fixed. You know, there was like no heat in there. Oh damn! Squirrely rats. <laughs> oh my god! I couldn't believe people would bring their kids and leave them there. It was like totally <laughs> crazy. You had to be out of your mind. Ah, but we um. I had I, I I got into business when I was starting to make some money. This guy Rob Murphy, he was skater also. Yeah, and um, he was more of a of an like a venture driven person, you know. He owns a couple of pizza shops now, some piercing shops. Mm. But we were buddies through skating, this and that. And um, I gave him a little bit of loot to go in on a little park in a little pro shop. And it was like a real low down thing. And then we got the opportunity to find, we, uh, this guy had to get rid of a really nice vert ramp, nine foot trannies, foot and a half of vert. And it was a really good solid ramp. So we went and took it apart and we found this place to rent. The only problem was we rented off this gangster and he was a total squirrely guy, never fixed nothing. It was all up to us to do anything to the place. And boy, but he still wanted his rent. Two thousand dollars back then was a lot of money. Mm. When you got kids that just we 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 made people we hardly made people pay. You know what I mean? We were like more advocates than anything. You know, we were just in it for the skating, and right? To keep the doors open, you know. And uh, we took that ramp down. We hauled it in there, and then we started building other stuff. Like we had a real nice bowl. We had some spine ramps little ramps but the vert ramp was the the big attraction you know that was it was a nice ramp and it was we had some unbelievable sessions in there what year was this there uh was like 80 i'm gonna say 85 or 6 to like 91 90 that's a good run like four three four years of like hardcore yeah we had all the pros come through and we had a lot of bands there we had a bands downstairs uh, and, and funny enough was Green Day played there. Really? Yeah. When they had, oh, I got to play. We're going to tickety tack out to some sponsors and we'll be right back when Fred gets his stuff hooked back up. Head on down to your local shop. Ask Bloodwizard Skateboards. Or visit Bloodwizard.com.
I think you, you mentioned right. you mentioned Green Day and the whole thing went to shit. Yeah, Green Day. Uh, I didn't even know they weren't even a band back. I mean, they were a band, but they were just touring around in their Ford station wagon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I went. I don't even know if I went down to see them. I just after the fact, I was like, get out of here. You know, one of the, one of those. Crazy. What other was gang? Did Gang Green play there? What other bands would come through? And uh, I don't know if they ever played there. It was. We had a lot of different venues that we'd play at, and we had a band also. We turned the Loud Ones into a band back then. It wasn't a very good band, but. <laughs> what did you do? I was a bass player. Okay. And I still am actually. See that thing in the back? Oh yeah. I still got mine. Okay. Is my rig? Uh, Kind of dark, but oh, sick, yep. Ampeg, I got a nice Ampeg. Okay. But when we were younger, you know, we were like 14, 15, like when we started skating, we were, you know, we were started partying too that, at the same age. So we were like really hard to get booze. So we're like, we were such little crafty little buggers, you know? We're like, well, how do we do this? You know? So we go, we start a band, cover band. Ah. So, it, within a year, we were playing out of bars, getting drunk, and getting chicks. It was insane. Who were like, covering? Just old enough to drive. <laughs> who are the? Who are you covering? What were some songs you guys were playing? Oh God, Leonard Skinner, The Beatles. You know, the regular garb crap, and it's not garbage. You know, Stones, the staples. You know, the stuff like kooky drunk chicks like to dance to. Just like, okay, classic rock and stuff. You aren't doing punk songs. No, no. Okay. Who are some of the locals at the uh, Skate Hut? Oh, God, the list is long. Yeah. Oh, Kevin Day, Frank Lennon, Jake used to come, uh, uh, Sid, all the Newport guys, uh, this guy Jonathan O'Donnell, he he won the – the uh, amateur around here two or three years in a row to go to the nationals, you know, uh, in, uh, yeah. Uh, crazy horse twist, car wash, um, uh, and gunners. He took a lot of killer photos that we've been posting and he, uh, I've been talking to him online and he's like, got some great photos of those days. For, oh, sick. Yeah, so, and uh, let's see, I mean, just, and we'd have people come through, we had all the Connecticut guys would come up, like um, Darren Mandito, and, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, the list is so long and so heavy. Was there anything in particular, like anything you remember, like, like, Hasoy came and blew it out, or something crazy, like a gnarly session that uh. kind of r- r- rose above it all? Uh, no, they were all pretty above, man. We like whoever came, you know, we had, um, Jason came. Hi, I find you found me. It's hard to find me because I'm so into art. Now go away. I'm busy thinking. We had Hasoy there. Shout out. Um, dressing. Shout out. There was always something going on and it was always big. You know, it was a place you went. That's why I can't believe that parents would drop their kids off there. It was like (laughs) crazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we always had these vicious dogs around rats you know crackheads oh man the local like kid like 
white trash effect thing going on. Oh my god! Yeah, it was it was pretty heavy. You guys have a pool table or anything? No, we didn't. No, uh, just skating. Just skating. Yeah. Sick. Uh, is that true? I heard a rumor back then that there was like the Providence mob was after you for uh, unpaid rent or something. Well, it was a not maybe not the mob, but a mobster. <laughs> well, like I said, man, the rent was like two grand. And back then in the late 80s, that was a lot of money for a bunch of skate rats, you know, uh-huh. um, you know, I was making money. I could probably could have paid it. But why would I do that, man? I was like. <laughs> Had better things to spend it on. <laughs> did you go on some Alva trips? Like, did you get, go overseas and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Went some great trips, man. Uh, went through all through Europe. Some crazy stories there. All through Europe, Central America, um, Australia, New Zealand, um, through the States a couple times. Yeah, it was like uncomparable to uh you know and, and it's funny because i like i said i was a mechanic and uh when i got the opportunity to go on these trips and it basically meant leaving my old life behind mm-hmm. you know and for nothing nothing's for sure you know and my mom was like are you sure you want to take this chance and uh quit your job and leave and you don't know what's going to go on i said you know this is a once in a lifetime chance that not many people get to get have you know and uh, i went for it and it paid off so i i took if you don't gamble you can't win you know right. if you lose you go back and you work hard and you you pick up your little feathers that got scruffled off while you you know you got slammed down but it's not it's not brain surgery you know if you don't try where was one of the places you like the most where that you traveled to like australia new zealand europe australia and new zealand were great i always like going to texas <laughs> texas like yeah, houston one of my best friends craig johnson man uh we're still tight okay he was he's my brother man straight up brother from another mother Sick. we had That's... some crazy i lived with him for a bit man and i'd always go see him and we had some crazy ass times <laughs> that's houston right yeah that's dallas Oh, Dallas. Uh, John's yeah. from Houston. Johnny's okay. in Houston. Okay. Johnny, and Todd Prince, and Ken Fillion, and Todd, Troy Chasen. <laughs> they There's got a heavy a, list there. There's a heavy list there. They got a good thing going down there. Dallas has it too. You know, Phillips was a good friend of ours also. Uh, I got some great stories about John, uh, uh, Jeff. What do you he, got? He was a good dude. I'll give you one. Yeah, let me hear one. I love that. <laughs> Besides his famous Fast Freddy's, which was just basically a vodka and ice, you know, blender. Uh-huh. It was my birthday. I don't I can't tell you the year because I don't know. Right. Which year it was or what year I was or how old I was. <laughs> but we were me and Craig were in this thing where we'd go down to Mexico and would, uh, you know, we'd get, you know, we'd get scripts. You can go down there and just buy pills. So that was part of our side hustle. You know, we go down there buy some pills and bring them back and sell them, you know, uh-huh. we, we'd like to take them too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I think we were like row hips was our, we were getting, you know what I mean? The date rape drug. 
Oh, uh, okay, yeah. We could take like seven or eight of them, and it's like we were ready to kill people. I mean, I don't know if they had the reverse effect or what, but so we're taking a bunch of those. I don't know. Some yayo might have been involved, and <laughs> drinking. And it was my birthday, and uh, Phillips had this. It was at Phillips's house, and he lived right by the swamp, and he had a treehouse in the swamp that was a hundred feet in the air. The only person that could climb up those rungs was him. He had them about four foot apart. So you couldn't even reach those things. Yeah, because he was a lanky guy. He was a big dude. So he crawled up there, and then he rigged up this harness without a rope. And I was already two sheets to the wind, man. I was <laughs> like, so they hooked me up, tied me up into this like cradle, and hoisted me up 100 feet into this fucking crow's nest. It was It was pathetic. Wow. But we were up there, we were, and we brought some beers. We're sitting there just drinking up in the sky. It was great. So then we get down, and all of a sudden, I don't know how, but I got I was naked. <laughs> and they're chasing me around the swamp naked, trying to beat my ass. <laughs> oh, man. Which most likely happened. All I remember is landing face down in the mucky water. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I'm sure an ass beating came with it. But, uh-huh. man, I love it guys they were right they're cut of the same cloth as i am that's for sure i don't care what state you're from yeah yeah jake used to always talk about jeff being the only guy that could do a 540 out of an invert like invert one wall next wall 540 uh he was a beast yeah one of the strongest skaters him and monty probably the heaviest like muscle skaters i've ever seen just like you don't even need to get speed he had it. he could just whip it out of his back pocket hmm who are the Alva dudes that you like traveling with the most or hanging with? Like, were you kicking it with uh, Eddie Radigi, Dave Duncan? Uh, who, yeah, who was all those guys, man? It was like one thing about the team, man. There was nobody. It was like, you know, like that photo, man. It looks like a fucking gang. Uh, and, we were. and if you weren't in on that, man, you were getting arousted ousted. You weren't in on it, man. So it didn't matter who you were linked up with, man. You always had a good time. Hell yeah. It was yeah. great. Uh, you you spend much time with Chris Cook? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. When I lived, uh, I stayed some time out in Southern California. Okay. He lives he in Pacific. Uh, he's now. Yeah, he's, he's North, kind of yeah. our local guy. Like, oh, he's, I, I love Chris, man. He's a, he's a wild dude. <laughs> Short and stubby, but man, he's an animal. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, Stevie Dread was like huh. when we went out to Chicago. It was like it was so great. He showed us around, and he was like, he's a true, true blue skate rat, just like we were. It was I cool that he got in that photo, man. <laughs> Chicago's a good town. Yeah, yeah. It was it was cold as hell, but I just heard that the one you did on him, man. That was a good one. He uh he did everybody right on that. Mm, sick. Did you skate Cambridge much? I did. The pool? Yeah, sea pool, oh, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I got some. I got some war stories. <laughs> you got a war story. Yeah, we got. I got to hear some good. I got to hear some good Felper something from uh, about Jake. Uh Well, let's go. Let's do the pool first. 
Okay, I figured they'd go hand in hand because I was his spot. Yeah, yeah sure. Well, the locals, most of the locals there were Frank Lannon killed that place. Uh, the wrecker, is that Frank the wrecker. The wrecker. Shout out. Yeah. And then you got your Kevin Day. Shout out. He was also a beast in there. Mm-hmm. And you had um, Nate, Tony, and uh, Jake, obviously. Gluehead. You Shout know, Gluehead, out. You ever heard yeah. of him? Fuck yeah, we went on trips Larry. with Gluey. Yeah. Larry. Yeah. Is he still alive? Yeah, I think he's outside of Milwaukee. Uh, forget the name of the, the capital, Masson. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. He was taking <laughs> care. Of, did you ever meet the kid? Uh, he had a kid with fucking, uh, what's his name? Damien. Little kid. He was fucking skating, and now he's older. He's working with Grindline, building parks and shit. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> might even know him. <laughs> yeah, glue. I love gluehead. He went on the first skate rock trip with us, and he was kind of like Jake's technician. He would tune the guitar and make sure he was kind of the roadie, whatever. Yeah, he was great. And when those guys showed up back in the old days, man, they were like true warriors, skate warriors. Mm. You know, we'd be all like country rednecky and uh, dumb, and these guys were city rats. Okay. Salvation Army stuff, ripped up, shredded, skating in jack boots, loose hardware, wore out boards, man, and they did not care. And drinking too, like drinking like vodka and shit. We're like, what? Guys <laughs> are sick. Yeah, yeah, they were they were big influences on me for sure. Oh, rad! That pool looks hard to skate with the kink. I've never oh. been there. Yeah, it was it wasn't a it wasn't just a everyday person skate thing, man. You had to you had to get in on that. Mm. You know, you had to put your time in. It was my duty to do that. Right. <laughs> I never would have lived it down. You know what I mean? Who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> when did you get into like uh doing tattoos and stuff? What was that around that era or was that later? About the same time, yeah, about 84 5. 84, 85. Yeah, I got into doing tats and then uh, and then when the skating thing dropped off and, you know, I'll tell you the truth, man, and it hurts me is that I could have extended that a long time with if I wasn't partying, you know? Mm. And um, and that's the thing that I try and instill on these kids, man. It's like you, you, I see kids so young and so banged up. I'm like, dude, if you stop now, you cut a lot of bullshit out. Yeah. You know, because like me, I didn't know what moderation meant. Yeah, same. Yeah. Just like skating. Yeah, we have this the, that personality for whatever we do. That's what I keep saying. It's like if it's ice cream, you eat all the ice cream in the freezer. If it's skateboarding, <laughs> you're skating from dusk till dawn. If it's booze, you're drinking till there's no more booze. Like it's just your it's your it's built within you. That's the type of MO you have. That's what makes us good at shit. But how okay. do you how do you tell kids to slow it down or stop or whatever and not be a hypocrite? And like, it's just so tough. Like everybody kind of has to learn at their own speed. And like, I mean, you can be their influence and, and tell them. But like, you also don't want to be like, I don't know. I did a lot of dumb shit, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a tough one. You're right about that, man. It is hard. And you're not going to tell somebody to do something because. How did that work out for you when your parents told you you couldn't do something? Yeah, you want to do the opposite. Total opposite, man. That's just the way the human works. So mm -hmm. what I try and do now 
it's just, you know, instill positivity into them, you know, right. like, um, you know, don't dwell on the past, you know, they don't need to know what I did or what I did, you know, it's now mm. and just try and create like positivity and, and be nice, you know, being nice. And it, it isn't that difficult really. And so much more good stuff comes out of it, you know, and you can still be gnarly and be nice. I know that's an oxymoron, but it is. That's what it's makes a, people shake their head, you know, and be like, what the heck just happened? That yeah. guy looks like he ripped my head off and he just said, thank you and please and held the door for me. Yeah, it's true. No, nah, I know. I struggle with that shit because it's like. And, and what I always say, you know, is like if if these snowflakes, I call them snowflakes, mm -hmm. if they were around, they wouldn't make it in our time. They wouldn't have made it. You ain't ready. Absolutely not. No way. No. And, and uh, but besides that, I think it's just the fact that uh, I don't know. It's really hard to describe. You know, it's like, uh, of course, you're not going to get over on me. You know, I'd be nice. And, and that's a problem with people, man. They take uh, kindness for weakness. And I know that's a, like a very common thing, but it's so true, you know, and I try and help people now a lot, but I still get screwed. But I, I don't let it get to me, you know. I always think in my own way that I get you. I get you. Don't worry. <laughs> if I don't, somebody else will. It's just karma, baby. Yeah. And it seems to me that, like, uh, it's important to me, it seems important to you that you just involve humor as much as you can to get through everything, right? I operate on humor. Oh, man. You know, you have to. You have, yeah. Uh, if taking stuff serious, all it's going to do is create uh, anxiety and, uh, you know, and unhappiness and, uh, you know, life isn't about that, man. You, if you think about the big scope of things, which I have been recently a lot more, mm -hmm. is that you're here for such a short time, man. Just have fun, man, you know, and nothing's that difficult. Right. You know, now that I'm sober, I go to the registry. I'm having a good time. And okay. how, how sick is that? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you want to share, but did something in particular happen that was like, a rock bottom or an incident, or did you just get tired of being the same dude for too long? Or like, what made you kind of break out of it? You know, it, it's been a long road, you know, and uh, it got to the point where, you know, me and my wife weren't doing real well and uh, it became a toxic environment as they would say. Uh huh. And uh, the drinking escalated, just trying to, you know, get away from that. And all that did was cause more trouble you know, right. with her resentment that she can't get over, which I don't blame her because I was very abusive, uh, not physically, but mentally, you know, and I, I don't I don't expect her to get over that. You know, I, I don't know if I could do that if I was in her shoes, you know, right. And my kids, lovingly enough, they have forgiven me. Uh, but, you know, it got to a point where. Uh, and I'm not a suicidal person, but. I look back now and it was subconsciously, I was just trying to kill myself through drinking and, uh, and, uh, uh, uh just bad behavior, dangerous behavior, you know, like doing stuff that I was ended up hurting myself and, mm. and I wasn't looking to, I just didn't care, you know? And I was over that. I just, uh, decided one day I was supposed to go to work and I had been sent home from work from drinking. 
Ah. No, uh, he said, come back when you're all right. You know, so I drank the rest of that night, got a back backpack full of liquor and I'm on my, I'm, I'm on my bicycle at this point. I, I'm on my way to work and I stop. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what was happening. And it wasn't, and it wasn't like I was, it wasn't a fucked up mentally. It was like something in my mind was telling me that something had to happen right there and then. Mm. So I drove to the hospital and I sat outside the door for four hours until they started coming out going, Hey man, what's going on? You know? Yeah. And I went in and that was the beginning of my new life. And uh, I've, I've been having the best time and I feel great. I feel like a kid again, you know? Fuck yeah. That's right. I, I mean, at the end there, like I was seriously, I couldn't even look at, listen to the radio. That's how bad I was. Okay. I couldn't <laughs> enjoy a goddamn thing. Damn. But now it's different. I enjoy everything, man. I'm back to loving. I'm working, doing my tats, mm. uh, artwork, uh, skating. You know, you know, it's all coming back. I'm working on some new music. Sick. So you got, you're about to see some more stuff coming out of me before I hit the hit the hit the hay, as they say it. I like to hear that. I go down. <laughs> Where if if somebody wants to get a tattoo from you, where's your shop? Um. I've been working out of the shop in Providence right now. In but, Providence. Yeah. It's called uh, Ronnie's. It's old school. Been there 50 years. Shout out. Mm. I'll drop you some information you can throw on there or whatever. Absolutely. And, um, you know, they can get in touch with me on Instagram. Fred Smith, third, three with an RD. And, uh, yeah, I'm just enjoying life now. I, uh Eric Pupecki got his first tattoo from you. I, I'm sure you've given a lot of skate, you know, different people tattoos. Is there, do you remember like some of the people you've tattooed? That was like, definitely. Yeah. It's tattooed Jay Adams. Oh, sick. Yep. Tattooed Jesse, J uh, Jason, my bottom Christian Fletcher. Shout out. Uh huh. Yeah. This is a bunch, man. And Pupecki, I forgot he got famous too. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> that little grommet. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> He's like six foot three, right? <laughs> yeah, tall guy. Yeah, I put a little thing on the Instagram and got a few questions from uh, random kids. Uh, I don't know if you know Judd Hertzler. He grew up out there, and he said, "Do you remember your first session at Blues?" My first session. Wow. Was he involved? I don't know. He just sent oh, that question. He's you know, probably I, I, a little I grom. I, I don't remember the exact first one, but I used to love going out there, man. You, It was on this farm, and you just go – you had to go up through this field, through a gate, and you'll go by the pigs, run down. <laughs> then there was a big run-down barn. Then you go into the woods, and it was in the back over there. Man, and that thing was slippery. Oh, man. That was, was that in Connecticut? Ramp. That was a dangerous ramp. That was in Rhode Island. Oh, Rhode Island. Okay. Yeah. Um, Matt D says, what was up with the jobless anti-workwear and where can he get some? <laughs> uh, actually, you know what the funny part is right now? I'm doing some side work for my friend, Jeff Seitz, stick man, they call him. Uh. And he was jobless. He's working on something new right now. Oh, really? I think you can call it jobless, though. <laughs> Maybe we can get a poll and see if they, what name they'd like us to use. Okay, yeah. 
<laughs> well, if, if it comes out, I think they'll get some at Deluxe SF. They'll, they'll want to carry it for sure. Cool. <laughs> what about Fall River? You got any nostalgia about Fall River? I was born there. Uh-huh. You ever? In the hospital. That's about it. <laughs> I was never into heroin, so I don't know about that place. Is it a heroin town? Oh, it's a junkie fest. Oh, really? Terrible. East Endeavors asks for your best Jason Jesse story. Shout out. Mm, oh, man. Got me thinking now. I, got Jason I, know right a, I know a fight was involved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was visiting. Uh, and we were down in Newport somewhere. And I forget what the heck happened. Something happened. He just started. And he just like, you know, that quiet Jesse, you know. Boom. Next thing you know, the guy's laying out, laying down. And he's just like, what the heck happened? He, and you know, Jason, he, he wouldn't even tell us. He's like, man, 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 man. Like, it was just like, like, like he asked for a drink of water. I, I just punched him in the face. He fell down. I don't know. You know, uh, he's a character. He is. Yeah, I know. He's he had the some best. good times with him also, man. I loved hanging out with Jason. He's a rad dude. He drove my uh, wife's parents to our wedding. I was sick in his old, like, car and we had a good one that's so sick yeah one uh, time we went out with uh it was uh me and jason alan losi mark gonzalez and um god was it it wasn't christian was it was it christian fletcher F fletcher it Probably. might have been christian he had a cadillac we drove out into the desert into this like skate this like sick ramp it was just such an oddball cluster of people i think my maybe even blender was with us i don't even remember but it was like the weirdest trip uh-huh i know losi was there i wish i could remember that one i'm trying to get help i'm, I'm writing some memoirs man I'm, I'm trying to get some help on these stories because i'm so fried i can't even remember them all yeah you gotta <laughs> fill in the blanks i remember oh, this man. and this but mm. so tough i'll be 58 real soon and god dang it i never thought i'd make it this far I didn't either. So, yeah, I know. It's crazy. Well, you know what they say, man. If I knew I'd make it this far, I would have taken way better care of myself. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. You probably would have done more. Like, if I could make it that far, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, right. Shit, I'm indestructible. Did you go to some of those epic contests like uh, Great Re Great Desert Ramp Battle, Terror in Tahoe? Some of those uh, ones? I never made it to those. Uh, I went to uh, Raging Waters. That was oh, you, you made it out of there. I was there. But that was after, you know, I mean, that, that, desert later. One, that desert one I did see in the magazine, but I was like, oh, I was drooling over that ramp. It was so wide. Yeah, it was huge. Didn't that, have, didn't that have eight eight foot trannies on it? Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm pretty it? sure it did. So okay. it looked really large, but it probably was just like Small. a super large mini ramp with uh -huh. Bert. <laughs> did you make it out to Lance's? Um, I did skate Lance's. Yep. Oh, and sick. Fallbrook, Fallbrook was a good one. Fallbrook, yeah, that was a classic. Was there any like uh, parks? Jason or any? and um, Gator skated with Gator there. That was always fun. Ooh. Gator was a freak. Yeah. Well, he I've still heard. is, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, he's in prison. Yeah. Is he, he? I don't think he's getting out anytime soon, huh? No. Nah, every time he goes for parole, they're like, nope. Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough. Tough one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, it was weird because he was uh, good friends with Duncan, and my wife knew him fairly well. So I was right there, saw some weird shit. 
through that, huh? Yeah. yeah. Kind of crazy. Do you, you've seen the documentary or whatever. Yeah. The stoked. Yeah. yeah. It's gnarly. What happened with the, what was it? It was Dave Duncan introduced you to your wife. You told me, yeah. Yeah. He, um, I don't know. He had like this apartment up on the Hills that was seriously a bedroom with a bed in it. I mean, there was barely room to walk by on one side. So obviously I ain't going to sleep in the bed with him. <laughs> and it, wasn't even, it wasn't even room on the floor for a person, man. That's how small this place was. Okay. So he dropped me off over the house. She lived right down there by dog beach a nice little bungalow. And I was staying on her couch for, I don't know, two or three weeks. <laughs> and she fucking hated me. Wow. Hated me with a passion. So it was your job to make her like you. You know, love and hate is so goddamn close. You can't yeah. tell the difference. <laughs> That's one of those cases. Okay. And I guess we fell madly in love, but we weren't together. And we never fucked. We never did nothing huh. on that part of it. And then I was down there living with Craig Johnson maybe a year later. And she came down to, she was friends with Craig also because she's from Texas or grew up in Texas. She's from Illinois originally, Chicago area. Okay. But uh, she lived, she grew up in uh, Houston. Good friends with Johnny and Johnny's wife and uh, all those boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she came down to see uh, Craig, and I had a Triumph. Craig had a Beamer, and she brought her stripper friend with her. The stripper friend Greg jumped on Craig's bike. She jumped on my bike, and that was the end of it. Ah, at least for me and me and my wife. Oh my god, that rules. Yeah, it was. It's a, it was a serious love story, man. It was. It wasn't bad until just at the end when, you know, and, and I take all the credit for that. Uh huh. But what are you going to do? All I can do is forgive myself and try right. and go on with life. And I've made my amends and that's all I can do. Yeah. Okay. Is it, do you got something with birds? I like birds. Uh. <laughs> I've killed a lot of them. Okay. Somebody <laughs> asked. I was a hunter as a kid, man. Okay. Cause somebody like asked it, to ask you if you like, like we birds. Said that, uh, you know, we're, we're weirdos. We like uh, get into shit real heavy. I was a marksman. Oh. oh, yeah. I had a shooting range in my basement to dial in my scope on my BB gun. So if that if anything was moving, I was killing it. OK. <laughs> Terrible. I'm still living that karma off. OK, so you used to shoot, shoot down a lot of birds. Yeah. And then I would I'd save them, too. You know, if there was one fellow of the nest, I'd raise it up and then shoot it. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've raised a bunch of crows on a hawk. Uh all kinds of stuff, squirrels, possums. If we found me and my family, we were like animal lovers. Mm. Anything that we'd find, we'd keep and uh, raise up until it took off. What was uh, one of the like best things you ever saw on a skateboard that you were there for? As in like a trick? Yeah, or it's just something that blew you away. I've I seen really Danny Way get- jump off a guitar at fucking the Hard Rock Cafe. Right. <laughs> you know, that's a hard one. I yeah. was, it's like it's like a contest or something. That's not what skateboarding's about. I've been in some sessions that, you know, every ride is like that. Right. You know, I used to skate with Blaze a lot and skating with that guy. Ooh. Man, that was a that was a pleasure. And like I used to like riding with um Al Midget too. Uh-huh. 
and the Gutierrez boys, Graholski and Murph and I mean, those East Coasters, man, we had it rough, man. We we had we didn't have all these plush places to skate. Yeah. So and, and even like Virginia Beach was all nice, but man, that's fiberglass sucked. What about Cedar Crest? Cedar Crest was the best. It was the best. Oh, the best. Just the the ramp was so solid. Uh-huh. And the pool coping was so rough, which was great. And just the woods and the atmosphere. The whole the vibe, everything. Yeah. It, it was like a coliseum. No <laughs> shit. You drive out there and you can feel the vibes. Like you're just about to get in a sword fight. To the death. <laughs> With a <the laughs> ramp. <laughs> hey, nine out of ten times, that fucking ramp won. <laughs> it's a so- solid one. Oh my god, that thing's the closest you ever got to a cement ramp. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's hear a. Let's hear a. Um, didn't you have Jake's initials on one of your board graphics or something like a JP or something? No, actually, Jake. Jake was actually on the graphic. Oh, it was a a little uh, headshot, a little, a little uh, like. Uh, I don't have any of those boards left. Tell you the truth. <laughs> I sold them all. I sell. I used to sell everything for gas money. <laughs> oh, shit. You don't have. You don't have one. I think I got one in storage or something. I hope so. I did just get a nice one. Um, Holly Anderson hooked me up from uh, from uh, Santa Cruz, or actually, it's not Santa Cruz. What is it? AWH. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, she's a she's a great gal. Rad. But yeah, it was she, like a little. It was just a drawing of his. He- face or yeah yeah I had, him, I had my buddy thompson shout out i had sean mclean shout out and uh wait a minute oh frank lannon was on there shout oh, out sick. yeah man i tell you frank and jake uh kevin day those guys were huge like the biggest influences in my skating probably growing up people send me soap and they weren't much older than me but man they were just like more 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 i'm not even gonna say a generation but like a part of a generation ahead of me you know, and it, and it was tough around here. Like we didn't get to go and see all the pros and <clears throat> watch them at, you know, Winchester or Marina or anything like that. Right. So all we had was our local guys. And then we had to take it from there, you know, and it's crazy now that I, I all these people always say, dude, you were so influential. You know, I saw that you were so sick. And I go, dude, what? No <laughs> way. You know, and, and I'd never realized you know, after all these years that how influential that I would have been to some of these young kids Mm. and not even know it. Everyone keeps secrets from me. And if I didn't know it, maybe I would have reacted a little differently to them. And I haven't had, I haven't heard any real bad stories about what I've done, but Mm. usually it was pretty good. If you were into skating, I was, I was, I was, I had your back. You know what I mean? No matter what. Yeah. Okay. This one time though, at the skate hut, this, it was just like one of those things where guy leaves the freaking kid there all day. Then he's out drinking. Closing time. I'm going, I got to go, man. I got places to go. I got a girl to see or bar to hit, whatever I was doing. So I throw him outside the outside the park and lock up and take off. Lo and behold, he's out there freaking out. It's like a crack hood. You know what I mean? And he's like a little kid. So I didn't even realize I didn't put two and two together. Next day, the father comes in. He wants to fight, man. And I'm like, come on, let's go, man. You know, that's it. 
So the only thing I really had was like, you know, and it was totally ridiculous. I'm like, you know, you got to kick the bird out of the nest sometime, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't hearing it. <laughs> we didn't throw punches, but man, he wanted to. Right. <laughs> it's funny because that kid right now, he's uh, he's in the program and I talked to him. He's a good friend of my Ryan. Oh, cool. <laughs> funny Poor how life. fucking life takes you on the loop. Oh, it's so twisted. Yeah, it's great. I meet so many people that have come back around in my life. You know, old friend of mine, Amy, she's a great friend of mine. And she's been in my life for a while since I've gotten sober and great friends. You know, and the, all my old friends have come back and we talked to Murph, Jim Murphy. Right. Uh, a lot of people online been talking to me and like, you know, it's Keith Lenhart. It, it's just a really great thing, you know? Yeah. Because through my my abuse of the alcohol, I was like self-secluding. Mm. And I just didn't care. And, and it, it's sad. You know, I had so much going for myself and it's not being egotistical or anything. It's just trying to be the best person that I can be. And now I'm back to doing that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's parallel with depression. It probably has part of depression involved. Like, right. You take, oh, I was, you're just, I was, fuck everything. I was, yeah. I was, I was a uh, serious depressive chronic depression. They, and they, I got help for that. So. When you stopped drinking, did you go straight to ice cream? Like, did you have to replace pints with pints? Just sugar highs? Trading in pints for pints. <laughs> no, I like my candy, though. I'm yeah. a Twizzler guy. Okay, I'm, yeah. I like my Twizzlers. Twizzlers and coffee. I'm all set, man. Oh, dude. <laughs> I, go to I go to bed going like, can't wait to wake up and have that first sip of coffee. Coffee is the number one drink in the world. Everybody drinks. I drink like two pots a day. It's terrible. Uh, Especially at my age, man, I, I gotta stay right around bathrooms. You know what I mean? You know that? Or like a nice, nice little chunk of woods right there. I can just sling one out. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, dog. My buddy Bruce Juice, he's a trucker, and he, he's a skater also. He's a legendary little local man around here. He's a great dude. Mm. Uh, he's got the great. He showed me the great, you know, Gatorade trick while you're driving. All you gotta do is just neep, neep, neep. see you later. I mean, we were going to breakfast. He he did it on the way. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, what? What? He's like, so used to it. I'm like, <laughs> I, I inherited that trick, man. I took it right off him. You carry an empty Gatorade bottle with you in your car no matter where you go. That's it. Just make make sure the opening's big enough. That's all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some Jeez. need to be bigger than others. That's all I know. Yeah. I've, I've <laughs> fucked with that before, too. So are you, is the band kind of back together are you playing music or just by yourself <laughs> i'm just working on some stuff right now by myself uh I'm, i want to get i'm getting some guys together I, i'm not even sure now if it's going to be the same guys probably not mm. um but i'm looking to do something a little bit different uh i'm just going to put out there it's going to be interesting maybe you and the package could get together uh, i already tried he's uh he's all done oh, okay the wife won't let him. Ah. <laughs> I, I want to see this documentary is coming out soon on him. It looks really cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I saw him not too long ago and he said there was something stalling him. Oh, I think the guys that are making it had an actual movie to make. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so he got put on the side burner for a minute. Okay. But it, it's not it's not on the it's not in the scrapyard. You know, it's just going to be a little bit yeah a little delay yeah he said the covid kind of delayed it it was yeah. in the works they had to shut down for a minute but nah, the trailer looks super good like they know what they're oh, doing so good. yeah 
I know. I can't wait to see it. Rad story and shit. Uh, so. What do you, what does skate and destroy mean to you? There's a Felper question you used to ask everybody that would come by the mag. What does skate skate and destroy mean to you? Skate and destroy. Well, skate skate is obvious, you know. That's what we do. And the destroy part is the is the riddle here. To some people, it just means wrecking shit, and in turn, that is what it means. But not breaking things. Well, sometimes. But destroying is destroying the norm, you know, uh, going up and over above what normalcy is. That's destruction to me, destructing the common thread that people think something is. You know, it, it's like looking like a bad guy, but you're not a bad guy. That's that's destructing, destructing a, a, a stereotype. And I think that's the best part about skating, man. There's so many different <laughs> parts of it, you know. And uh, and I, I love that skate and destroy, man. You know, you go and when we used to go somewhere, <clears throat> you know, the mom would be making the kid's mom would be out there on the grill making us lemonade and hamburgers. <laughs> but we'd be destroying her yard. <laughs> I'm, and I'm talking about skating, of course. Yeah, but. And sometimes the coping broke and things, but oh, they would be they would be exuberant about that. Oh, they broke my coping. Woo-hoo-hoo. And uh, you know that's okay too. Hey, you know what I always say when uh, when you're in construction, you know, you got to destruct to construct. Mm. <laughs> so good. Oh man. Is there uh, anything else that like you want to touch touch base on? I don't know. I think I'm not sure what's going on with the uh, sporting side of this skateboarding. I think that's where there's a big separation. Uh huh. You know, uh, for people to uh, take it as a sport and and it obviously is morphed into that with the you know with the Olympics, right? You know, heavy competitive yeah things going on and then you have your underground skaters and it's like two totally different realms definitely and uh well you know you got your harley bikers and then you got your gold wing bikers you know the old men with the trikes and the and the uh you know yeah there's different things in all walks of life and i think that's what's going on here but you know and if i was to start over right now as a child and get going, I wouldn't know which way I would go. I couldn't tell anyone which way that would go, but, um, you know, they're doing things now that are just amazing. And that's through hard work and training. And, uh, it's, I guess it's just how you're brought up and where you're brought up and your lifestyle and your friends. And, uh, I guess it's just too, com- I don't even know why I brought that up. I guess it's just too complex for me to handle. Nah, it's it's just the thing I think is that it just got way popular. Like, can you can you believe from when you were skating in in your prime to how popular it is now where every kid has skateboards? There's Thrasher shirts on people that don't even skate that are walking through Disneyland. It's just nuts. Yeah, that kills me. It's so crazy. Well, you know, you, you see everybody with the Harley shirts that don't have Harleys. Yeah, uh, that killed too. same shit, right? Like in the old days, you know, it was like you would see somebody 
and it, it wasn't like a turf war. It was like you saw somebody skateboarding and you go, oh, my God, there's a guy skating. You know, he's got a minor threat shirt. Mm. Let's go talk to him. And then you go and you bring him to the session. Either he proved himself or he didn't prove himself. It was very easy, very simple, you know? Right. But nowadays, man, it's just like, you know, everybody's on their phone. No one talks to each other. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, everything's changed. World's flipped upside down. It's so crazy. Yeah. What are some of the best bands like to get you fired up? If if you were going to get in your car or if you're tattooing something, like what are you listening to to get you fired up? You know, I always loved the uh, well, best show I probably ever saw was Dead Kennedys. Oh, oh my God. Where, where was that? Back East? That was in Providence. Yeah. You know, I always loved the old uh, British punk, uh-huh. you know, Buzzcocks, Sex Pistols, Clash, Undertones. Uh, you know, and um, MC5, you got that, and you uh, but you know, and then I got like Crow Mags and uh, Suicidal, and I liked all that, but yeah, Agent Coral is so good, bad brains. yeah, bad brains. But lately, I'm I've been so out of out of my head, man. I'm like, I'm listening to fucking dubstep and shit, really. <laughs> That's where my mind is. That's how fucked up I am. I would never <laughs> guess that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Do you find yourself with a lot of extra energy and time on your hands with this new lifestyle or is, or what? No, no, man. Not extra time because I try and keep busy, you know? Yeah. Uh, what I did find is like being sober, I, I have a, uh, a, a new value for time in life. Uh-huh. I just try and do as much as I can because I know I'm not here very long. So, yep. I mean, and it's funny because somebody just like uh, showed me a picture. They're from Cal. And a friend of mine had a drawing for when I was working in Boston of a skull and some bones or something. And he said, hey, I got it. I'm out in Seattle. Uh, no, uh, Frisco, I think, Bay Area. And he goes, I'll send it to you if you want it. I go, dude, you, you scored that fair and square, you know. So it's cool when somebody has a piece of my art or on the West Coast. And he's like, dude, do you want it back? I said, no, I don't want it back. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, and I've been trying to do a lot of painting and drawing, and um, uh, we got some stuff I'm going to be starting to sell online. Oh, um, you know, just for a little side hustle. And uh, but I love art, and uh, people appreciate that, you know. And if I can make someone's day for a couple dollars, then that's that's where it's at. Right. Fuck yeah. You stay in touch with any of the old? the guys from the old days like you ever talk to mofo or uh i don't know whoever like um you know i haven't uh thatcher kt uh i haven't talked to any of those guys but i i I still think about them Uh uh-huh um and i have seen some a few guys when about five or six years ago my band came out to uh play at the juice party in venice and i saw uh jim muir Munsky, you know, you ever meet Munsky? No, I don't think so. Uh, these were all like old Alba guys. And, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, it was great. And uh, I saw, I think I saw Ray Flores. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, it was really weird. Jace, I think I saw, oh, I saw Jason's daughter was there actually. <laughs> Scout? <laughs> yeah. No way. I met her. I never met her before. That was cool. Rad. And, uh, yeah, it was just a really wild night. You know, we played, 
uh, right on the beach, right in the parking lot in the back. It was killer. Uh-huh. It was so much fun. Think about somebody else I just see. Oh, uh, you know who just got in touch with me? Wes Humpstein. Shout out. Oh, sick. Dogtown. Yeah, he lives on the Cape. God. Oh, fuck. So weird. Yeah, there's a couple of people that have been reaching out, and it's like so weird. I'm like, God, that's so weird. Yeah. And even some people that I haven't met. I met this guy like yesterday. I think I was I was retrieving. Uh, I got a little side job of like collecting for people. Hmm. Well, not, you know, it's not that way. You, you might take it the wrong way, but I just like, I have a good way of getting things back from people. Ah, repo man. <laughs> Very persuasive. <laughs> guy's bike back. And, uh, and then this other guy was there and there was no trouble or nothing, but he goes, you might, you know who I am. And he told me his name and I go, yeah, I know who you are. And I, he goes, I know who you are. I know we've never met, but <laughs> it was the weirdest thing ever. Wow. <laughs> Fuck. But it was cool. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Just to know somebody and not know them, you know, and uh, it was both ways on that one. It was really funny. Yeah. Dude, you got to write your stories down. You got to fucking put out a little something. It'd be real cool. Oh, I'm definitely I've already I started like five years ago but then i dropped the ball and i got deep into my depression uh, but um i'm gonna get i had this uh girl that was my uh she worked in a, she she was going to college and she wanted to do a uh inter, not an intern but what do they call those things uh they work for free yeah intern is, is that an intern yeah yeah something like that internship but she was yeah. gonna write my thing and uh just for the uh experience you know in the, in the uh Right. And the, uh, yeah, we have those at Thrasher. Uh, they they just want to be a part of it, and they come in, and they do a bunch of stuff right. for their resume. Right, and when they shine, they shine. Yeah, and that's their chance. That's your chance. Exactly. So, and then I just got to get back in touch with her. She's got a ton of my stuff that she was working on. And then when I dropped it, I just I was you know dropped and I dropped everything. So I gotta, and and she's easy to find. So good. Hell yeah. Like I said, I got a knack on finding things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sick. worse than herpes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't come back once a month, baby. I come back more than that. Just like <laughs> uh, constant. Well, we always end the show with a song. You got a song you would want to play? Uh, Puerto Rican girls. Love to meet you. <laughs> Fuck yeah i'm going to puerto rico in january are you hook up with some friends yeah fuck yeah yeah Go we're going to tropical- tattoo and uh hang out dude nice weather get some salt water oh, body feels good 
I might not come back. You might not. Yeah, I know. I know the feeling you live for. That's the shit we live for. Fuck. Hey, no, no taxes either. Oh, really? Are you going to try to start doing some stuff like that, though? Like uh, go just do like tattoos for a weekend in different locations. Bounce around. Yeah, I got I got a bunch of guest spots. I got I'm going to set up. I've been friend of friends of mine have been reaching out and I've been so happy for that. And uh, I'm grateful and I'm going to start taking them up on it. Yeah, I got a good one for you. When you're ready, you go, you call up and I can line this up for you if you want. But Chris said him and Adam McNatt got a shop out in uh, Hawaii and you just go out and kick it in Hawaii and get tattooed. I don't think it's going to get much better than that. (laughs) Friend of mine, Alex, uh, has a shop out there also. Oh, okay, perfect. Yep. So I could do a double hit. Hit every island. Just do the tour. (laughs) Then I'll go pig hunting, too. (laughs) I hear they got a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, thank you so much for taking the time and connecting. This has been really cool. No, it's my pleasure. Excellent, man. I thank you for the opportunity and uh, I hope you have a great afternoon and night and uh, as well as everyone that's listening. All right. And in case you forget, Freddie fucking Smith, ladies and gentlemen, let me add in to it. I'm pretty stoked on what Christian and Caballero are doing and Lance with the, uh, you know, the Jesus thing. Uh-huh. And they're really like, promoting goodness. I think that's ha- awesome. Okay. Yeah. Anybody that you want to thank in particular that's helped you in the, through your struggles or whatever, like hooking you up. I, I want to thank, um, and, and you know, I hate to sound like a, a, a God guy, but uh, my higher power. And yeah. to tell you the truth, my guy, I don't know what that is. But it did come to me, mm. and I, I, I thank that. And uh, whatever it was, it hit me, and it hit me hard, man, and I've seen the light. I was always on top of the game, and uh, and then I wasn't. And now it feels like I'm right back right back there. It's freaking awesome. You're doing good, huh? Oh, I'm doing so well. Um, That's so good. So much good uh, support from all my old friends have been reaching out. And, um, you know, it's weird because you don't, you know, you get better. Well, I call it getting better. And, um, you know, there's no like, oh, you're a pussy. You know, you can't, who couldn't handle it. It's all like, good job, man. It's about time, you know. (laughs) So, you know, when you're hearing those things that, uh, you know, it is probably a good thing. And it is because I've uh, regained almost every single thing in my life and plus more, man. Everything I could ever ask for. Well, then, fuck. Proof is in the pudding. Straight up. Uh, I was going to tell you, I don't know if you're aware of it, but um, in San Francisco, they built a billboard for Jake's glasses and it says still watching. It's fucking right on the freeway, like eight blocks from my house. And uh, tonight's the last night. I think they're taking it down tomorrow. It's surreal. It's surreal. I'll send you a photo. It's insane. Definitely do, man. And I did. I believe I told said before that, man, he was uh one of my largest influences growing up, you know, and yeah, I don't, I don't think he was very much older than me, but man, it was a, a style of freshness and uh, a reckless abandon that, uh, you know, you, uh, you couldn't, you couldn't put a number on that. You know, it was just fucking uh, absorbed it like a sponge. I told a few people that know a lot of stuff about skateboarding that Jake was on your graphic and, 
everyone I've told, I mean, not a lot of people, but I've told a few people and nobody knew that. And they're like, really? I was like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. If I had one here, I could, uh, I could uh, tell you which corner it was in, but <laughs> who, who drew, do you remember how it came about? Who drew it up or whatever? Oh uh, yeah. This guy, Sean McLean, he was uh, one of the loud one singers when, when it became a band, he was one of the singers and uh, he was a, well, he's still skating. I believe he's out in um, uh, yeah. I think he's in Northern Cal somewhere. Okay. And uh, he's still riding. And uh, we had a little falling out here and there, but uh, he did the graphics. And uh, well, he was a, such a super duper artist. Huh. Always had been. Right. And uh, he, we were all, he was up by Braintree, which is right outside of Boston. So he had hung with Jake a lot more than I had. But, uh, you know, in certain times we were all in that, you know, being a session every week with those guys, you know. And, uh, man, I tell you, it was pretty awesome. I just had and, uh, If you were here, I would thank him. Man. You know, you said he, he said he told you he loved you. <laughs> I got it on video. And, you know, I, I, I'm, Somewhere along the line, he may have said that to me. When you said that, I said, huh, because something like that comes out of a man like that's face, man. You like say, huh? And he, <laughs> he, he told me that later, too. Like he was very he was very old school with a lot of his things. Like you always look a guy in the face when you shake his hand. You all like there was mannerisms that he really cared about. And one of the things is he's like, when I tell you I love you, you better fucking you better like soak that in because I don't just say that to any you know like he would like explain to you like how important it was you know. All right, man. But that who, is that's, that's hitting it right on the nail, man. And that's how it, that's how skating was was with him was like you know. And uh, Gluehead's in San Francisco right now. Oh my god! And that guy also was just a. Uh, a huge influence man all those boston guys were because i was uh, like a little redneck kid you know down south from the uh, south the south of those guys okay well who are some of the people that are helping you out and like you know who do you got to give props to out there that's like uh, really helping you get through these times i mean i i'm gonna have to tell tell you it's uh it's not even really he used to skate when he was a young kid but he's a tattoo artist and um He's been my best friend through this whole thing. His name is Chad Chesco. Shout out. You can check him out online, Heavy Tattoos. He uh, He's insane, man. He's just such a great human, you know? And he's been a life coach. He's been there for me when uh, a lot of people weren't. And he believed in me. And, uh, man, that's something that, you know, it's priceless, man. And I'm so glad that, and I just wanted to throw props out to him and his wife, Darlene, and uh, little Clarky, man, their kid. I mean, they're a huge part of my life, and uh, and I love him. My wife, Cindy Smith, um, she put up with a lot, <laughs> to say the least. And she's back? Uh, I got to, as much as uh, our problems we're going through, I got to give her a shout out, and my three children, Freddie, little Freddie, which is, He's six four, not so little. We call him Little Big Fred. He's Freddie the Fourth. Freddie the Fourth, yeah. Woo! And uh, my daughter Sin Simone and Duke, 
my my youngest is uh, James Duke, which is uh, he's a good he's a good little skater, man. He's starting to he's getting into it. Fuck yeah, that which rules, I man. Push him, man. Anytime you push, you know, I, I, anytime you try and push somebody to do something, that ain't gonna work. Just like the sobriety, you, you got to find it on your own. And he did that, and uh, we, we've been going skating. It's it's been a blast. I'm Hell psyched yeah. to see him on board. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. I love hearing it, dude. I like, I mean, it's so sick when people recognize that they need to switch gears and then they are successful switching those gears. Cause there's a lot of people that want to do it, but there's not a lot of people that can do it. And so you, I think like that whole thing is just such a, like you've always been an influence in whatever you're doing and you're doing, you're influencing people with this movement as well. And that's what I hope to do, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm the farthest thing from a preacher. But if I could have one person, man, I would um, and tell you the truth. Uh, you know, I've had a few friends call call out to me and, and just because of this. And, um, you know, and all I can tell them is, you know, call me anytime and I will sit and talk with you as long as it takes. Because, uh, you know, I, I don't have all the answers, but I can tell you what worked for me. Right. And uh, that's basically, you know, how you got to roll with it one day at a time. Yeah, absolutely. And the other, the other shout out, I just want uh, Tony, Tony Alva. He gave me a, a chance to start this whole adventure. He's the one that believed in me from get go. And, uh, and although John Fowler, he didn't pay me enough for what I did for him. He kept the ball rolling, baby. And his an old saying that he used to say, which I, I he still use to this day. Love you like a rock, baby. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! Did you see John Gibson made it into Hall of Fame this year? I did, man. And John's a very good friend of mine. Uh, I was super stoked for him. Yeah, and he fully deserved it, man. That guy is a shredder of everything. Yeah. I got a good little story for you real, real quick. Okay, I love it. And Johnny's turf, you know? And um, we're in this bar, and it's a notorious foosball bar. And if you didn't know it or not, Johnny's two brothers were like state champions. <laughs> so you know what that makes Johnny? <laughs> Maybe not a state champion of foosball, but still very good. Yeah. So these guys, they eyeball them. They go, oh, yeah, we want to play you, right? Like a vendetta thing, you know? And uh, they go, they saw me all drunk, you know, whatever. They go, we, you got to play with him. We're playing doubles. And I'm just like, what? Dude, I got behind that goal, man. I was like the Iron Sheik. We totally <laughs> smoked these dudes, man. You want to see some pissed off motherfuckers? Holy shit. <laughs> and Gibson, dude, and I didn't, I've only played a couple times in my life. So, I mean, it was just perfect, you know. And Johnny, what a good cat, man. I always loved hanging with him. He's got such a great vibe and, um, and, and enthusiasm. You know, he's a real fun dude and he's a good dude. Fuck he's yeah. always got the fact, that's for sure, if you're hanging with that brother. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and hey, also, yeah. You know, he's my brother, man. He's my brother from another mother. I love that guy, too. Good peeps. And, uh, we still keep in touch all the time. It's been too long since we hung out, though, which we need to do soon. Mm. Hell yeah. Uh, also, I'm going down to visit Jason Jesse tomorrow, and he said to tell you hello and nothing but love. Fuck yeah, man. Jason, I love Jason. He's uh. 
he's a character, man. We always get along swell. Yeah, he's we so, can always find something to get into, not very hard at all. Yeah, <laughs> he brings uh smiles always. No uh, doubt about that one, man. You know, you know, when we get to the uh a certain pinnacle in our lives and we've all you know in this in this business you know if you've done something man you have that little spark you know and you know i've seen many many skaters that are, are well you know talented enough by far to do something but they just don't have the charisma or, or whatever that little spark that it takes that human the humanality you know yeah and uh, it's a wild, it's a wild ride, man. And I, I wrote, I, I loved it, wrote it, and now I'm back on board. So pretty psyched. And uh, I'll definitely do some. Uh, would you be interested in me uh, doing a little logo for you? 150 <laughs> percent. Hey, you got, you got kids? No, I just got married like four months ago. Oh, you said that, yeah. Yeah. But hey, that doesn't mean nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have kids with somebody else or with her you know yeah no it's true no i don't we're, we're kind of we're or if your kid did that <laughs> oh yeah no me that was you yeah that was nice yeah if you got any stickers um i can i would love to put something up on the wall you know that sounds good man i'll get i'll, I'll shoot you out a care package for sure uh, we need to hang out one day soon I'd be stoked. I think we're going to try to, as soon as everything is fucking, you know, we're East coast is high on our radar. You come out. I can be a liaison. I know everybody. Okay. Hell yeah. Well, cool, man. Yeah. Just stay in touch, please. It'd be, it's an honor for sure. Excellent. Greg, thank you so much. Okay. Fred, I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Have a great night. Peace out. Bye.
happy holidays, y'all. Stay safe out there. Look for a potty awards coming soon. And then uh, feel free to email me. I'm taking some time off, but, um, you know, I always love hearing from you. If you got guest ideas, if you got some, I don't know. I've heard a little bit about the whack pack rumbling. So we might have 2022. It might actually come to fruition. Anyway, I appreciate you all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the stoke. I hope you're subscribed. That'll give you any notification of any new things I do. Here's to a better 2022. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Cheers. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.